I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Adams, Adam Lee, Adamowski, Butler, McCarthy, McCord, McEnroe, Mastriano, Mastriano. Oh. Well, God bless you for being present. Not many people in the government are these days. That's anyway, a, God bless you and welcome to our little show. <laughs> Judah, who is the maestro, will now talk. And I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to Ben Stein. I remind everybody you can find us. Our email, benstein.substack.com. And also, thank you for all the downloads. It means the world to us. All the great reviews, it means the world to us. And to the people that are tuning in for the first time, because we do have Senator Doug Mastriano, who is running for governor of the great state of Pennsylvania. I want to tell you a little about our show. We've been banned from YouTube a little bit because we at dare question. We dared question January 6th. We dare question the election authority and we dare question the efficacy of the vaccinations. We weren't against vaccinations. We were simply asking questions and we were banned. And uh, that's what we're a little bit about here. We're about questioning and you get no better answers from one of the smartest men America has ever created, and that is Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Oh, well, you're too kind. You're too kind, sir. And it's the God's honest truth. On that note, I want to welcome, of course, the facilitator, Adam King from The Truth. Good to see everybody. And of course, the show wouldn't be complete without former speechwriter to two presidents, almost a third, which is Ronald Reagan. Of course, famed economist, graduated valedictorian of his school in, uh, of Yale Law School, Yale Law School. Of Yale Law School. I, could, I could say it, and uh, multiple multiple Emmy Award winner. Yeah. But most importantly, he's a husband, and second most importantly, Dr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I am honored to be here with you, and I will not perform any surgery on anyone on this show while the show is going on. <laughs> and and of- you do not need to pay me anything for this visit. I don't accept Medicare or Blue Cross or anything. I don't, I don't accept any fees. You're trying to treat one person at a time. And of course, one person at a time. For the first time on the world, according to Ben Stein, State Senator Doug Mastriano, who will be the future governor of the great state of Pennsylvania, and it is a great state. They have a few problems, uh, uh, Senator, with counting of ballots. And hopefully that I would I would simply run on, uh, I'm kidding around, on how to count the ballot, how to collect a mail-in ballot. Yeah, oh my goodness, God help us. And thanks again, gentlemen, for having me on. Ben, it's, it's a pleasure, and you got an A-team there. But we have some issues, we have some answers, and it's time to take the state back, that's for sure. Well, it's well, your time to take the whole country back. Well, Amen. <laughs> I want to start the show with a little story, uh, guys, and uh, uh, about ownership and owning who you are. And uh, the Senator Doug asked me before the show what it's like to be a supporter out here of Trump uh, in the great state of California. And I want to share this story. I uh, I had dropped off and picked up some uh, the other day. I dropped off some dry cleaning for Mr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And I got to talking to the owner of one of these landmark establishment cleaners in California. And uh, this sums up so much. Uh, the, the the dry cleaner, uh, I said it was for Ben Stein, and he's like, oh, wow. He's like, you'll never guess, though, who was in a couple of years ago. And, uh, and he said to me, I could recognize the face. I just couldn't 
And then he gave me the name and he said it was John Dean. And he goes, that rat walked into my store and we started going back and I'm like, oh my God, he's talking a little loud, but it's his establishment. And I noticed to my left, I was telling this to Ben, a woman wearing a mask in the store and I could tell she felt uncomfortable and it made me really happy. And Ben, when I went there today, he said to me, the woman called him up screaming at him that she will never shop at his store again. John Dean wasn't a rat. He wasn't a snitch. And the guy said, well, good luck. Ah, that's good. That's good. Good, good. Good, and I just, good. I, one, one customer at a dry cleaner is really going to kill him. And I just thought it's really important, especially uh, uh, with the, the future governor, that you haven't backed down. And it, it's easy to run and hide from your beliefs of President Trump and uh, what's happened in the past, but you've defended it. You, 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 you truly have, you know, you're like the Tom Petty song, you won't back down. Well, I don't know if you're referring to me or to the governor. Wonderfully, much, much more, much more handsome senator. <laughs> Go ahead, please, sir. Please, yeah, better than I do, Ben. What can I say? <laughs> so, well, you know, so I was in the army for thirty years, and you know, and unlike Ben's father-in-law, I definitely was not a hero, but I was happy to serve my most of my adult life in uniform. And as I was retiring, obviously, I had a sweet offer to ride off in the sunset, making lots of money with lots of travel, and doing what I love, and. uh I was really kind of heartbroken at the condition of the country that I was handing it off to the next generation worse off than how I got it from my dad's generation. My dad is a Navy man. And so uh, it, it's, I was complaining about this to a young man at a radio station. And before the interview, I was complaining, you know, what a waste, 30 years, all this time away, deployments, Iraq, Afghanistan, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he, this young guy looked over at me and said, well, Colonel, do something about it. And so that really hit me hard. So that was a decision to run for office. Uh, that motivation, in part, explains why, uh, although I've been demonized, you know, and tarred and feathered by the media, called all kinds of ridiculous names, just insanity coming out of their mouths. Uh, I'm not going anywhere because my motivation is to try to preserve this republic that we have for the next generation and so it's it's not a game for me i i know i can't judge people's motivations on the other side and why they cower it's it's not easy or pleasant ben you know this uh, to be you know publicly demonized you know over just pure fabrications i think on the other side ben uh, that the democrats suffer from a psychological disorder and, and you're highly educated you can confirm or deny this like i think but uh, it's called transference and so they accuse others of what they're guilty of so that that's a few things that i have in my mind the last thing is i was a military intelligence officer for a good chunk of my life and when we get reports in on enemy activity or what have you we had a saying that you had to consider the source consider the reliability of the source so seeing who some of these people are in major media outlets on TV and in print. I just like, you know, they've been writing crap for years. They attack anyone they disagree with, call them names, you know, and so this, the source is not reliable. And if there's people dumb enough out there to believe what they're selling, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'm going to give them uh, next week. Why not the bridge in Pennsylvania? But Ben, <laughs> uh, you know exactly what he's uh, he's gone through when you, you read his Wikipedia page and immediately it said right wing, then far later, right, oh, said far right, far right wing, far right. far right wing, right. You've exceeded right wing, far right <laughs> wing. You're ultra conservative, like he's ninety three gas, Ben. And you know exactly <laughs> what this is like. Well, I know what it's like, but I have to say uh, it's not pleasant. Uh, it's much better to be applauded than booed and booed at and jeered at. 
uh, it's much better to be on the winning side than on the losing side, even if the losing side is right. Uh, uh, but uh, it is clear cut that the country has been hijacked by people who do not love America. It is clear cut that every single day we are getting more and more into a uh, dictatorship and every single day we are chipping away more and more at the constitution of the united states and in some cases not just chipping away at it but hitting it with a pneumatic hammer and uh, it's a terrible situation you you are worried senator about uh, turning over the country uh i'm worried about my granddaughter uh i don't think uh, her her america is going to be anywhere near as free as honest as law-abiding uh, as, as the America that uh, I inherited from my father. Well said. And you know, one of the things to the people that are going to be listening to this for the first time, with Ben Stein, you get a history lesson. And I want to delve quickly into the Janu- your January 6th thing. And I want you, you've, you've compared it to, to, to the origins of Nazi Germany. And I really want you to explain to people how quickly and easily that 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 happens, Ben. Well, in uh, I forget what day it was, thirty-three. Hitler was declared Chancellor of uh, the Reich uh, by the, the fading out Chancellor uh, Hindenburg, and was barely alive. And uh, he, the, within days or maybe even hours, someone set the Reichstag, which is this, that was the German's equivalent of the Capitol on fire and it was a big fire and pretty much burned down the building and building with largely stones or some of it couldn't be burned at all uh, the nazis immediately seized upon this to impose emergency measures martial law crackdown on everything and everybody they remained in a state of martial law until the end of world war ii i think something like this is happening with Jan- the january 6 non-event january 6 was a uh, ridiculously trivial thing. Uh, It was not an insurrection. It was not an attempt to take over the government. It was a demonstration by a group of people who felt frustrated by the statistical impossibility of the vote having really gone the way the uh, Democrats said it did. And uh, the the people who who, uh, demonstrated around the building were not armed. Cops, the Capitol cops, whom I've known well, I grew up in Washington. I used to go, used to work on Capitol Hill. They were as friendly as they always are. Invited the people into the building. Uh, nobody from the crowd shot anyone, stabbed anyone. Uh, nothing valuable was damaged or uh, vandalized. There are hearings on it now, and uh, the media is acting as if it was a, a hearing on an attempt to overthrow the government. There. Uh, summer before last, there were riots in most of the major cities of America. Wild, out of control riots. Hundreds, thousands of buildings were burned down. Municipal buildings were burned down. Police headquarters were burned down. Police cars were attacked with Molotov cocktails while the police were in them. There haven't been any hearings on that. Police capitals were taken over and city halls were taken over. Let's not forget that they took over and made an autonomous zone in Washington. Yeah. Firebomb state. Firebomb. Senator, what, 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 what say you, you're the, you're, you are the wise man here. (laughs) Well, well, thank you for that. Uh, You know, 
I, I agree with the political, with the historic analogy there, analogy layer there. And so using something that was very sus- suspicious in Berlin to advance their agenda, you know, the national socialists there, I do see parallels because you're right. We had a, a, a summer of destruction in uh, 2020. About two dozen people were killed, several billion dollars of damage. The media doubling down and defending their people. People such as Camp Kamala Harris bailing out criminals who were who burning down cities and hurting people and looting stores. I mean, it was incredible double standards. So it does say at the Supreme Court, you know, equal justice uh, under the law. And where do we see this, this equal application of justice? We see extreme heavy-handed measures for January 6th. But meanwhile, on the other side of a summer of love, you know, Chaz, Seattle being shut down, uh, the police station, as you rightly mentioned, mean, you know, taken over literally cops running out and it being destroyed behind them a, a federal courthouse uh, in the northwest under siege all summer and nothing not a peep and it's just really heartbreaking watching how quickly our country's fallen down and that we have you know people being publicly arrested uh, for, for show to send a message we see i think what we're seeing in america now makes mccarthy in the 50s look like an amateur oh he wasn't no he was he was an amateur i i will give you my little bit of, of my own personal life. My wifey, my saint wifey, uh, was home alone. I was actually in Washington, D.C. when there were demonstrations here at Beverly Hills. This is a nice neighborhood. I mean, I don't deserve it. It's a nice neighborhood. Demonstrators were marching around here shouting, eat the rich and pounding on our door, among other things. Luckily, we have household help. Uh, my wife was terrified, but we have household help. And we're armed. I won't lie about it. We're armed. And uh, <clears throat> why haven't there been any hearings about that? That 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 really is an insurrection. Why haven't there been any hearings on that? And I think yeah. one of the most shocking things, obviously, you brought up today, the few a guy that's running for governor. I don't have his name offhand in Michigan. Uh, was arrested for January. So he was he was arrested today, the day of the hearings they're having. Uh, it's important and. It's important to also note right now what's going on, uh, uh, Governor, uh, with the Supreme Court, because uh, as you, I read today that Merrick Garland and Kavanaugh have actually been on the, the they were on the same they worked together for ten years. There are people on threatening Kavanaugh's life. Can you imagine if it was the other way around? You would have the it would be the January 6th thing or, or it would. It, can you imagine if it was? And, and I hate playing the can you imagine game, but it's really threatening out there. What could happen to the Supremes? But it's already it, happening. It's already, it's already it's happening. happening. That's their plan, though. That's what they yeah. want to do. You know, if they can't beat us fairly through the electoral process, then they take to other methods, including radicalizing people. If you saw Chuck Schumer's radical speech the other day after the Roe v. Wade leak, uh, you know, he said that the hell and fire are coming for you. Well, yeah. well of course there's going to be an attempt at their life if they're stoking the flames like that. Yeah. I think that's why we need you, Senator. We need, we need people who have a historical perspective on what uh, violence means. And by the way, just for the record, before you say, Governor, you have an amazing historical knowledge of Pennsylvania. Before the show... You, you and Ben were talking about Pennsylvania, and I've never, you could have won Ben Stein's money, Governor. <laughs> you still had to go. <laughs> but, and if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. 
I want to welcome everybody that's going to be listening for the first time. We are a chill show, and you could find this also in bedstein.substack.com. And of course, download the podcast wherever podcasts are available to be downloaded. And to those that listen to the podcast, remember, go to Rumble, subscribe to our channel. You might be pleasantly surprised by us. And we're joined tonight by the facilitator himself, Adam King, of course, future governor of the great state of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, and of course, America's humble servant, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. But let's get down to business. And Ben, uh, the the governor's uh, one of the things he's obviously running on, which Pennsylvanians, I don't know why they didn't believe they were lied to about this once again, was energy and 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 fracking ben and i really want you to explain to people why it why we're in this inflation mess and 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 so if you could do that please well i'm sure i'm sure the governor knows it bet at least as well as i do but uh, some years ago not very long at all uh the oil industry entered fracking in a big way and uh, they, what they found was that there was a lot of oil stuck in between the rocks, uh, places where they had already drilled for oil. And they could, by applying a water pressure, get out a great deal of oil. Very, very quickly, U.S. oil production skyrocketed to the point that the U.S. became self-sufficient and exporter of hydrocarbons. There was no harm being done by this fracking. There was there were a group of... Uh, of, of ultra environmentalist cranks who claimed it was causing earthquakes and other terrible things. By the way, again, reminiscent of the Fuhrer who was very concerned that coal mining in Germany was causing earthquakes in Fiji or Tahiti or somewhere like that. And uh, the, uh, but this, this is a serious matter. If you shut down a great deal of domestic oil production, prices are going to go up. It's not that complicated. It's supply and demand. We had a great deal of supply. Prices were good, stable, livable. We cut off a great deal of our supply. We had to turn to horrible scumbags like Iran and Russia to get oil. And so the price went up and it went up a lot, really a lot to the, to the point that it is distinctly uncomfortable for uh, many Americans to fill up their cars or trucks to go to work. Future governor? Well, Pennsylvania is number three in the nation for energy production. So we're behind Alaska, Texas, and then Pennsylvania. And within that number, we're uh, uh, three overall in coal production and two overall in liquefied natural gas. And so the fracking is a boom potentially for Pennsylvania. Uh, New York's not even touching their Marcellus shale deposits. Uh, Geologists and others have done research. They say we have centuries of energy under our feet in Pennsylvania. We're literally walking on a gold mine in Pennsylvania. So now we have this this great opportunity here. And then Governor Tom Wolf, uh, Democrat governor for two terms, lame duck right now, is uh, he wins. And instead of making Pennsylvania a place where energy is cheap, Every year he finds a way to put a you know, hidden tax fee on the production of energy. 
Uh, every year there's more regulations, takes longer to get permits. Uh, they're, they're shutting down wells. We're even shutting down power plants this year and next year because of the restrictions. So these, these companies are moving to West, you know, West Virginia and Texas where it's more business friendly. And then to make matters worse, if that's not bad enough, we're paying through the nose. Governor Wolf thought it was a fantastic idea to sign us up to this mini version of the Paris Climate Accords. It's called the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, Reggie. And basically for all CO2 emissions, you have to pay a fee. Now we'll be the 12th state and we're the only energy producing state. They're mostly New England and goes down to Virginia. Uh, it's it's got, it increased already our energy costs on the 1st of June by 40%. It almost, almost doubled your cost for energy this summer to keep your house cold. This winter is gonna be terrible. It's gonna cost us for two years of, of paying these self-inflicted fees to this ambiguous environmental group about $2 billion. But the, there's one opportunity here. So the governor uh, circumvented the, the uh, General Assembly. He circumvented the House and the Senate and did, and did it unilaterally, which means on my first day in January, when I'm sworn in, executive order, we're out of Reggie and we'll have a near instant uh, savings on energy across the state. Additionally, on day one, I'm going to roll back. Um, I do have to work with the General Assembly on many issues. Those issues that I can you know, uh, execute with, with, a, uh, with an order, I will do it and then have it codified in law, which will take some months behind me because we don't want it being overturned, you know, eight years later after I'm done with my second term. But uh, on the first day, I'll be rolling back as many of the regulations that I can that were implemented by the bureaucrats in our department, Department of Environmental Protection, DEP, or any other regulators. And I'll also, of course, uh, expedite and speed up the permit process here. And my goal is, it's a bit ambitious, may, might be hard to do in the first year, but my desire in the first year is to get us number one or close to number one on energy well, production. And I think a point that is, that it's a wonderful, wonderful plan. And my hat's off to you, it's a great, great plan. Uh, but something that is overlooked is, why did they want to stop fracking? I mean, the amount of uh, air pollution that is created by the oil from fracking is inconsequential. Obviously, we're still using a great deal of oil and we're still using a great deal of coal. And uh, so a certain amount of pollution is coming out. It's astonishing that we would shut down fracking in the United States of America and cause prices to rise dramatically and people's lives to be wrecked over issues of environmental protection and pollution when India and China are building coal-fired power plants at the rate of more than one every three weeks. And we don't stop them. And they are the ones producing the real pollution. And it isn't completely clear by any means that there is, in fact, global warming. I don't know how old the colonel is, but I am 77. I can remember very, very well when I was in high school that the, all the people were saying we were going to have another ice age. Yes. Didn't have another ice age. Producing, predicting the climate tomorrow, next week is incredibly difficult. Predicting it 20 years from now is a joke. It's impossible. What did they do this? for? What did they shut down the fracking for? It was just a group of dopes, envir ultra-environmentalist dopes, who really wanted to hurt America and hurt the oil and the gas and the coal industry. People don't realize the guys in there digging up coal are doing vital work. They're keeping hospitals going. They're keeping your house warm in the winter and cool in the summer. They're doing incredibly important work. 
Let's, why are we crucifying him? Why are we crucifying America on a cross of phony environmentalism? So I, my final area of expertise in the army was dealing with Russia, where I started, of course, during a Cold War with the Soviet Union. And I spent a lot of time in the Baltic nations of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And uh, being former Soviet republics, that they were bound and tied into this, the Soviet energy system, of course. And what, so when they came out of the, the Cold War, they had 100% of their uh, oil and gas coming from Russia. And they saw that as a national security issue. And so uh, to try to help overcome that issue, being subject to blackmail from Russia as Ukraine had fallen before the war, um, I was over in the Baltics helping them develop a strategy to deter against Russian aggression. And one of it, of course, is focused on energy. And so there I was in 2016 with the former minister of defense of Lithuania. And uh, she was telling me that, Doug, we... We're a partner of Pennsylvania, and they are. They've been a partner for 20-some years with our National Guard. We work very closely with Lithuania. Uh, we we want to – we'll pay a little bit more, but we want to buy our natural gas and energy resources off of Pennsylvania get it to us. And and they were honest in that. They built a, a liquefied natural gas terminal, LNG terminal, off of their port, Clapida, and they named the ship Independence. You can't make this stuff up. They love Pennsylvania. So the problem that we have is getting that – those resources too. That first, we need to be energy independent once again, which we were a year and a half ago under under forty five. Now we're importing six hundred million barrels of oil from Russia. This is madness. Um, so we need a modernized uh, LNG terminal built uh, off of Philadelphia. I'd like to also build one as governor uh, off of uh, Erie. You know, in Lake Erie, so we we have two ways of getting our LNG out of here. To, to highlight, Ben, how extreme this has gone, how radical and, and nuts the left has gone on, our, on these mad energy policies. So if you remember in 2018, you might not because you're in a good climate there, but 2018, we had a miserable winter here uh, in, on the East Coast. And it was so bad that Boston, Massachusetts was running out of uh, energy to keep the houses warm. And did they come to Pennsylvania to get the, the oil and gas? I'm sorry, the gas and the coal? No, because the, well, first for LNG, they, they didn't allow us to build any pipelines to, you know, through Jersey or through New York. No pipelines. And those are very safe. So they actually imported two ships from Siberia, Russian oh, natural okay. gas, and parked them in Boston Harbor here. This is absolute insanity. Yeah, well, the people, the people who, are, who are doing these things to the United States of America are not very well informed. They don't know any science at all. They know no history at all. They know no foreign relations at all. They know no defense policy whatsoever. They just know that they will get cheers from the college girls if they uh, say that they're environmentalists. There, there's no sense in, in stopping fracking. There never was any sense in stopping fracking. You cannot point to a single piece of data, not anecdotes, not whining by people carrying placards, data saying that the climate of the United States of America has been harmed by fracking. There is no data at all. That's no. right. I do remember back uh, when I was real young that I was being terrorized as a Cub Scout at the Boy Scout headquarters, then located in New Jersey, that there was a new ice age coming. And it had like these two goofy pictures of, of woolly mammoths with people walking. I mean, it was bizarre. And then, Ben, you remember they said if we, when we reach one billion population in the world, there'll be a, a cata catastrophe. It'll destroy the planet. There'll be famines. There'll be, and what are we at now? Seven billion or so? Yes. Well, of course, that's, that, that was always one of the points <laughs> of the left is that we had to kill people in the womb and anything other, other way we could think of it in order to keep the population of the earth down. We're still 
have rising standards. We still have rising standards of living almost everywhere in the world as the population grows. This idea that we have to keep the population small in order to be prosperous and adequately fed was always nonsense. The idea that fracking was contributing to some, some kind of global catastrophe was always nonsense. There's so much nonsense going around, it's ridiculous. The premier piece of nonsense, at least in my little household, uh, is was that America is a systemically racist country. I'm a lot older than you, General, and I and I grew up in the state of Maryland when Maryland was a segregated state. And by the way, also used to often go to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, where President Biden goes, and that was a really segregationist state. And a reliable segregationist vote was always Senator Biden. But also, uh, we we saw real racism, real astonishing racism. That's all gone. Why are we not celebrating that? Why are we not? Why are we instead claiming that racism is worse than ever? I have many black people in my employ, and I often ask them, "Tell me some recent examples of racism that you've faced." They never can say it. And they say, well, people look at me funny. Well, Christ, people look at me funny too. <laughs> so there's I mean, the, the idea that America is a systemically racist country and therefore has to pay all kinds of penalties. It's just nonsense. It's just insanity. We have a country that's now being run on many, many principles that are simply insane. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, uh, Governor, I just want to tell you, there's nobody better to walk through a uh, supermarket with than Ben Stein. I brought this up the other night because we, we walk through Pavilions, and, which is our local supermarket. And Ben really makes me realize how great this country is. Uh. And when we're walking up and down the aisles and we see the abundance of food on the shelves, uh, the freedom to walk up and down the aisles, Ben is constantly saying, and we've lost this message. We had it under President Trump. He brought it back how great we are as a country. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Uh, we are having a great conversation tonight. I want to welcome all the new people that will be listening to us later on. Remind everybody you can find us, benstein.substack.com. And, and Governor, you, you will be Governor. You're only two points down, which for a Republican, that means you're five points ahead. Uh, and where could people... Marginal. How do people how do people donate to you, uh, Adam? Tell people it because you say it perfectly. Where to go for Senator yeah. Mastriano? Yes, Senator Mastriano, tell us your website. Please go to dougforgov.com. It's Doug number four gov.com. And, Doug for gov. and that's <laughs> and that's absolutely perfect. And you you see, here's the problem: you both both of you were having this exceptional common sense conversation. Now you would think the people of Pennsylvania. Would would listen to you and go, yeah, he's right. Yeah, I get it. And sadly, the message, uh, Governor, and we constantly talk on this show, and Ben constantly brings up what the conservative platform has to be, and one of them has to be crime. You know, we stand for law and order, and in 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 sadly, in the inner cities of Pennsylvania, and in many inner cities all across the country, it's not safe, Governor. And yeah. I'm sure that's part of your 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 program that you'll be running on is bringing back. I mean, I don't know if you could get rid of what's his name, Castor or Kastner, the DA in uh, in Philadelphia. 
Uh, we just got recalled uh, in, you know, obviously that guy got recalled, but that's what one of the things we also need to be running on governor, future governor. Thank you. And, and I'll claim that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and, you cry, and that's why the Democrats want to talk about January 6th. You know, we know that movie up, you know, that, that goofy Disney movie with the blimp and, and every the talking dogs. And every time the dogs are trying to make a point, they, they see a squirrel and it's like squirrel. And it's like January 6th. And instead of talking about crime and, you know, cities being burnt down and uh, equal justice before the law and men in men, biological men and female sports, not talk about that. They want to talk about a great distraction here that the people of America are like, come on, really? And so, you know, Philadelphia is a disaster. I, I cannot talk specifically about Krasner because if he's going to be impeached, I'll be sitting at, you know, as a jurist in the Senate, you know, making a decision on his, on his future. But I can talk about the facts in Philadelphia. And the facts are they had over 500 homicides uh, last year. And uh, it's going to break that record this year. It's it's a, it's not a safe place. And our attorney general is the guy that I'm running against. And he did he did not lift a finger to prosecute people when the cities are being looted during the summer of love that we talked about early on. That's another thing I want to talk about. You know, destruction of, of property, the looting of you know, squirrel January 6th, uh, you know, insurrection uh, and then just, you know, ignore the man behind the curtain kind of thing. Wizard of Oz. And uh, Philadelphia is not a safe place to be. In fact, uh, the, the same guy running for my competitor, you know, also one of those uh, defund the police guys, a guy that doesn't have the police back. And we're having trouble recruiting people in our state police because why would you want to be in a profession when you're, you know, being attacked by, by the Democrats and the left? And well, why not, would you want, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, Colonel. Why would you want to risk your life? Get up, get dressed, kiss your wife and children goodbye. Going out to fight crime and keep us safe knowing that your bosses instead of having your back are going to plunge the dagger into your back if you try to save innocent life that's the way it is in america now that's the way it is here in our beloved los angeles we have a district attorney who is uh, at least as far, as far as i see it frankly, pro-criminal. He is essentially a, the representative of the criminals. And the amazing thing is he undoubtedly thinks he is doing this as a favor to the blacks. It's not a favor to the blacks. The blacks are the, the main victims of this crime. It's not people who live on my block in Beverly Hills where the houses are $12 million. We're not the main victims of the crime. It's people in the, in the, it's the people in the, in the inner city. They're the ones that are not safe. Doing it for the black community is just the flag that they hide behind. The, the, the Washington death cult really wants to sink the American ship. That's why they're emptying the prisons. That's why crime is on the rise. That's why the gas prices are so high. You know, Biden just spent our emergency oil supplies and now gases are going, gas is going through the roof. Yep. And we don't have emergency oil supplies. Well, we, we, still, we still have. We, 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 40% we, we still, we, we still have, 40% left. We still have plenty. We still have plenty <laughs> left. But, but, why do, but why don't they just say, look, we're going to be smart people. We're not going to be dumb people. We're going to be smart people. We're going to do what Abraham Lincoln did. He admitted when he made mistakes, he admitted it. When George Washington made mistakes, he admitted it. When Roosevelt made mistakes, he admitted it. When Mr. General Eisenhower, great, great Pennsylvanian, made mistakes, he admitted it. Mr. Biden cannot admit it. He could stand up like a man, not like a non-binary whatever he is. He could stand up like a man and say, I made a mistake. 
We are not making a batch of fracking. They're yeah, that's the point, Governor, it, it, and Adam's, Adam's correct. And what Ben's saying is it's all logical. And that's the whole point is we're, we're trying. You can't have a, an irrational, a rational conversation with, an ira, with the irrational. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say we're looking at this like all he has to do is frack. And in your state, all you have to do is release the energy and all you have to do is this. But you have so much people ha- are. Common sense isn't is is no longer common as we know. No, no, and no. Governor, it's like it's like you. I, I I don't know how you how this guy that you're running against with your clear message and your hist and your and your track record. I mean, you're a hero. You're you're a stone cold hero for all the stuff that you've done for our country. And you're running against this attorney general. And and I want to get into something because it's really disturbing. You have Republicans going after you. You had Republicans going after you prior to your election, putting out ad campaigns. And I said this to you before the show. The Democrats have have anti-Semites. They have racists. They have Lord knows what else. They have actual Nazis. Actual Nazis in their party. And they all stand behind them. Republicans couldn't call us behind you because of some stupid January 6th thing or anything which, else. Which was a fake anyway. Which is a, a fake which anyway. we'll say it for you was an absolute fake. And it's time for Republicans, Governor. And it's like and it's tiring. You 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 have you have served our country when these people have gone against you, have done have, have disserved our country, Governor. Yeah, I mean, it is disheartening in one way, but my wife and I have been literally traveled the state. It's a it's a big state, not as big as California, but it's it's pretty it's massive. A, I've driven through it many times. It's a very big. It's state. a really long state. I've drawn through it too. It it was like, when is this state ending? <laughs> it, but we've met so many people. You know, I only entered the race in January, but I, I was you know leading the reopen movement and the freedom. And also, we traveled the state speaking for the past couple of years, and we, and we probably shook 50,000 hands, no exaggeration, at all these rallies. And uh, the, there's a lot of reasons that I mentioned, you know, that propelled me to run for office in the first place. But but running for governor, it was it was literally the people's call. They've been asking me to run for several years. And, I you know, I was like, you know, that, that's a state senator is one thing in a district, you know, that I, I farthest I go is an hour in either direction kind of thing. But, you know, a, a governor. But I, I watched how. I watched how Governor Wolf and his attorney general put the elderly into homes with the sick, unleashing a plague. Like in California and New York, 16,000 of our elderly dead because of failed policies. And instead of our attorney general doing his darn job and investigating this failed administration, you know, with Dr. Levine, who thought it was a great idea to send the sick back into homes to the most vulnerable, instead investigated the homes. Instead of the homes that were told to take the sick back, not our secretary of state, not Governor Wolf, who made these decisions that were so catastrophic, leaving people to die alone and isolated for 400 days if they lasted that long. Instead of going after criminals in Philadelphia, and I'm not making this up, it's going to sound like a, you know an SNL skit. Instead of going after the criminals in Philadelphia, our attorney general went after the, the, the little sisters of the poor because he didn't like their contraceptive policy. Are you kidding me? Uh, this is like Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. There's no sign of intelligent life anywhere. You know, no, I got not, not, not in part, not in politics. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Adam. Go ahead. After we take back the House and Senate, and we take back our country, we really ought to make a law that equates gross negligence to treason. And then, when people get into office with the intentions of harming America, and they claim gross negligence, 
they'll think twice before they act on it. Well, the Constitution actually spells out what treason is, so you can't change it. But the uh, but if I may respectfully say this, we we operate in an America today in which the media hates America. The media hates the Constitution. The Democrat Party hates the Constitution. A lot of it under the phony guise of fighting racism. This is not a racist country. Do you see any black people leaving America and going back to Africa? Do you see any Asian people leaving America and going back to China? This is not a racist country. This is the least racist country in the world. This racism thing is just a big, fat, red herring. There's no reason to believe it. And all the only people stupid enough to believe it are people in universities. Otherwise, we know it's just not true. I mean, America is a great, great, wonderful, fair, free country. Let's get behind it instead of, again, stabbing America in the back, which is what the Democrats are doing. Perfectly said. And Governor, this is something you're doing. You're embracing, and this is what President Trump did. And I, for the life of me, I can't understand why other Republicans, or whatever you want to call them, didn't follow suit. You know, when you look at it, and we really need to get into this a little bit because uh, about fair, free and fair elections. Uh, when we, We've discussed on the show, and Ben being uh, a, a trained economist and brilliant mathematician, uh, and whose father saved Israel's economy, I might add. I always have to throw in for Herbert Stein, who is an American hero um, and an Israeli hero. But uh, Senator, uh, it, Governor, when you look at it like this, and let's be realistic, Trump never lost his base. He never lost most of the Republican Party. And now I want to give you a poll. If Joe Biden is at 40% among Democrats right now, or he's at just some crazy number, assuming he got 85 million votes, just want to say this, he has essentially (laughs) lost in 15 months, 40 million votes. That is a statistical, Ben, impossibility? I'd say extraordinarily unlikely, just the same as the way the election turned out, that you have, you really cannot have, the way, the way statistics works, a large trend among uh, uh, people or, or events of any kind, it could be balls uh, and a pinball machine, and then have it suddenly stop and go the other way in the middle of the night for no reason. When once a trend develops, the trend doesn't suddenly stop. And, and if you're not supposed to be fired or prosecuted if you question that basic rule of statistics, but we are. Now, Senator, perfectly- Senator, how, uh, sorry to interrupt, how, how uh, worried are you about voter fraud and the turnout in your race? Well, very much. And, you know, as you know, I led the uh, Gettysburg hearing on the 25th of November in 2020. Well, why don't you explain to people what that is, what that was? So the- on the 3rd of November uh, 2020, and uh, I started getting complaints from across the state of voting fraud and, you know, irregular activities going on and possible violations of the law, possible felonies. And so I uh, put together a hearing, had 13 witnesses. It was about, you know, about two hours or so of, of a hearing. My constitutional power, by the way, you know, overturning nothing is, is doing my constitutional oversight with the manner and conduct of elections. That That's my job constitutionally at the state and federal level. And, uh, found out there's a lot of uh, issues out there and then had wrongly thought that the courts would take it up and that uh, one 
that one case from Texas, we did an amicus on that. I, my name was on it as amicus. That was the case. That, that was the case that really nailed it on the head. And it's, it's the same thing I told Donald Trump at the time. They said that constitutional law was violated because the, the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court, and they're elected to that position. So it's five Democrats, two Republicans. So it's very problematic. I'm guessing they, Soros elected, but go on. Yeah, they intervened in September of September 17th, uh, by the way, the anniversary of Antietam in 1862, bloodiest single day in American history. They intervened in our election system. Just they wrote about that. Yeah, sorry. They, Go ahead. Uh, they, they rewrote election law. They added three days. They took away the, the security of, of requiring a matching signature. They took away the requirement for a, a, a mark that was mailed on time. They, they completely blew the lid off of this. And, and then, of course, our secretary of state, who's appointed by the governor. That's why this race is so important, because I get to appoint a fantastic secretary of state that's going to fix things. But this secretary of state is a, was a political hack. She's since resigned in shame, rightly so. But she also allowed the, the correcting, the curing of ballots in Democrat counties. And she also allowed millions and millions of dollars of zuck bucks to go in and benefit Democrat counties. And in fact, it became a get out the vote, you know, uh, effort instead for the Democrats. And so with all that in mind, the Supreme Court in December 2020 had the case before them and they threw it out on a technicality. So as far as anyone saying, you know, don't relitigate re this case, tell me when it was litigated. The, the yeah. case was the behavior of the courts in this country about the election has been very, very bad, extremely extremely unfortunate as a lawyer I, I i cannot tell you how little expected this would have been that in a state a country with 50 states a very large number of courts nobody would take up this case how can that be i mean you can have the most you can have a case in which you claim that you were uh, anally sodomized by men from outer space and some courts somewhere will take it up but this one, where it was screaming voter fraud, the courts wouldn't take it up. What's That's going so on? The media afterwards said, oh, they heard the case and they were all dismissed. You had the media in complete. Uh, by the way, the case Ben was referring to, I asked him not to share about that case uh, uh, where I went to the Supreme Court. So, Ben, thanks for breaking my confidentiality with that. And if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And we have a lot of fun on the show. That's what this is about. It's about you got to live life too. politics is extremely important, but so is life. So is family. So is God. So is country. We are joined tonight by the facilitator, Adam King. But of course, most importantly, the future governor of the great state of Calif of Pennsylvania. I wish California, <laughs> Doug, it was, it was transference. It was wishful thinking. <laughs> Doug Mastriano and of course, America's humble servant, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And, you know, we're discussing this and we're discussing this election stuff. And I love and Republicans, Doug, can't they they just want to put it put it past them. The problem is, OK, here's a, the one thing I heard about is Bill Barr saying he said to Trump, don't there's nothing to inv everything we say never gets investigated. Right. It's always like, oh, it's a, it's a conspiracy theory. It's a hoax. They, there's no investigations whatsoever. Can you are you aware of any investigations done on a federal level into into voter fraud? And you're going to have to face this very soon. I, I, I am not. I'm not either. That, that, that's th think about that. Think about that. And I'm, I'm sure you, Senator, very, very well know the suburbs of Washington, D.C. They have exploded with office buildings of people 
looking for terrorism or any kind of violation of law that could be uh, deemed a threat to, to be a threat to national security. You mean to tell me among those hundreds of thousands of people, nobody could find any reason to investigate why a very clear trend was suddenly stopped and turned around in the middle of the night? Why hundreds of thousands of ballots were dumped and nobody knows where they came from even now? What? What's going on? And Doug, I'll share you. I'll share with you our experience, and I will tell you this. It, ben, uh, we had done an episode that night, and Ben called me from the desert, uh, Rancho Mirage in California, at ten o'clock at night, and he said, and he was excited, and he said, President Trump has won. If you looked at the betting markets, had you put twenty dollars on Biden, you would have won like nine hundred dollars. And I said to him, Ben, the fix is in. That mind yeah, you, this was true. four. Mind you, Doug, four years before I had predicted that he would win, and I said, I the second the counting and the water main break, I just knew when we spoke at two in the morning that night, and nobody has ever looked into it, and I'm so fear. There, are, every Republican shouldn't have the fear of ballot harvest of, of ballot mis of, of ballot harvesting doug of 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 of, of, of all these things and you're about to go and face that so you know so we have problems in pennsylvania and we just passed some oh yes you do <laughs> what, what about dr oz and emma cormick yeah I, I that personifies and god forbid that it's close in you know november i, I need a big win i need about five points to make up for the fraud and cheating it's gonna that's happen. exactly right I believe we can get it, and uh, but l let me just describe how I, because I, I hear from people across the state as I'm traveling, you know what, Doug, I support you, but my vote doesn't count, so I'm not going to waste my time. And I'm like, you love your country so little, and that's exactly what the Democrats want you to do. They don't want you to vote because that's an extra vote they're going to have to, you know, look for. And so please remember the sacrifice of your four, your, your forefathers, maybe even your, if you're, if yourself, if you served, and, you know, it, just just spend a half hour, go vote. And make sure everyone in your family goes vote. Okay, so I have hope. So we had this guy in Virginia called Yonkin, and there was Clinton's boys there, you know, and it's looking like he's going to win. Uh, the Democrats, though, can't help themselves. They get, they've gone so far left that even classifying parents at school board meetings as terrorists, that it, it was ridiculous. And Josh Shapiro, my opponent, is just like that. But how did the Republicans safeguard the election? Uh, what they did is, first off, they showed up in overwhelming numbers because they almost lost their Second Amendment freedoms two years ago. They were about to lose their First Amendment freedoms because the General Assembly in Virginia actually was, was working on a bill that you could not criticize them. <laughs> what? <laughs> is this Soviet Russia? Are you kidding me? And the people showed up, number one. Number two is the Republicans, they not they manned with poll watchers 95% of the polls, unprecedented. And so Pennsylvania, we're, I need about 4,000 or so poll watchers signed up on November 8th, because that's, that's how we blunt some of the cheating and, and, you know, and some of the chaos. We, do, we need them, and those people are as important to maintaining the constitution of this country yes. as the people who fought at Iwo Jima. And I, I, of course, obviously, it's nowhere near as dangerous, not even close, but they're life and death vital. Now, so and you, also, you bring up such a great point because it's the apathy, right? My vote doesn't count. Now, I live in California and where my vote truly, I could say, 
doesn't count where I live. Yes, could you turn on the light, please? But I still go out and vote because so many people died for, to give me that opportunity. And I think, Doug, that that's, that's a, a message that's really been lost. And I, I don't think Republicans go after the youth enough. I don't think, you know, we don't have ROTC and all those things on campuses anymore. I think we're losing, we're, we think we've lost, but we could really go after some. We don't need all, we just need a small percentage of the youth to take us over the top and make them realize how great this country is, like Ben has taught me for 20 years, and how that one vote actually does matter, Governor. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And, you know, and Ben mentioned how, you know, voting these days and exercising your, your civic duty, as we used to call it in my day, you know, is just as important in keeping this republic as, as many of those who lost their lives, you know, in actual combat. And, yeah, I do like that analogy. And, you know, in a way, Benjamin Franklin warned us or admonished us in that regard in six, six, uh, 1787 during a constitutional convention down the road in Philadelphia. Uh, it, you know, as he was coming out at one of those meetings in the early summer of 1787, uh, there was a throng of people outside of Independence Hall, and one of them was a Mrs. Powell. She wanted to know what kind of form of government we're going to have. It was, it was held in secrecy. So she saw Benjamin Franklin, and she blurted out, well, Mr. Franklin, do we have a monarchy or a republic? And he responded in his brilliant way, very pithy, a republic if you can keep it. So fellow Americans out there, th this is a small way that you play a role in keeping this republic. Not small, not small, not small. Okay. It is it is very important. And, and Ben, as you said, you're worried about this, what your grandchildren are going to have. If we want our children to have the same freedoms as we have, we have to do our part. And so step one is at least voting. Step two is volunteering to man the polls. You know what? I believe if you're complaining about the government, and how bad things are, you, you better have voted. Because if you didn't vote, you got no right to complain in my book. Yeah, well, we know, we, we know that we are already facing a Soviet or National Socialist style campaign to uh, overturn the Constitution. We, we, we see it all over America. We saw it on TV today, I'm sorry to say, with the January 6th hearing, so-called, in which there was an attempt to make nothing seem like an attempt to subvert the Constitution. When in fact, the hearings themselves are the attempt to subvert the Constitution. And I want to go back to something we, we had the pleasure, I considered a pleasure to discuss at the beginning of the show. Why have there been no hearings on the riots and the demolition of the cities of America, the demolition of police stations, of city halls? Why have there been no hearings about that? Why I like is to call that? them the Democrat riots of 2020. Why have there been no hearings on that? It clearly does not match the Democrat narrative. And so why aren't there hearings on the homicides in Philadelphia or, or the bloodshed bloodbath in, in Chicago? I, I was safer in Kabul, Afghanistan when we were there than, than I would be in Chicago, Illinois. I mean, does it match your narrative? It, it's a lot of African-American, African-American on crime. Why don't they investigate that? I mean, th this is a tragedy that people in these cities like Philadelphia and elsewhere aren't safe to leave the houses. Their, their kids might not come home alive from school because these, you know, Philadelphia has had eight consecutive Democrat mayors. Are you better off than you were before? It, the city's getting worse. You know, we, Philadelphia should be the gem of the nation. I mean, that's where our nation was born in 1776. It should be the place where you, all Americans can come, feel safe, and see our history. And, instead, under Democrats, it's become a terrible place that, that you can't walk around freely. We even had a Democrat congresswoman carjacked you know yeah from the i remember that 
you know, Madeline Dean, same party want to defund the police. Well, you know, she, she obviously pivoted real quick on that. But everyday people like you and me are subject to these crimes while these folks in ivory towers with, with armed guards all around them want to, want to take away your, your, your way constitution to protect yourself. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. Can I give you, I, I just want to say one thing in my humble opinion, Ed, you know, you just, because we've brought it up on the show before, but nobody actually has enough courage to say it to the black community. Why is it, if it, if it black and bleeds, doesn't it, it, it doesn't lead? And, and I would honestly ask that question. You have these debates coming up against the district attorney, attorney general, that obviously is is complicit in the deaths going on in in in, in Pennsylvania, and I would country, ask that all over the country, all over the country, in, 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 I, I in, his, mean, in his state and everywhere, and everywhere. And I would seriously ask, how come their lives aren't important? The black lives not matter, and it, they don't. It it it's never brought up. Every every shooting that we've had, it's all it, it, it's it, that's brought up. I mean, you have 16 people murdered in, this, in some inner city this past weekend. It didn't get any news coverage, Governor. Yeah. And, you know, so the Democrats looked for the the, the awful incidents that, that advanced their agenda. And it, it's just so predictable. They come out before the, the people aren't even, you know, laid the rest yet. And they're out there pushing this political cause here to, to strip people of constitutional freedoms. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I mean, I've been endorsed by many uh, Latino groups. Uh, we're, we're doing some outreach to African-Americans, uh, churches and what have you in Philadelphia. I'm asking them, what do you have to lose? You, you've tried to, you know, eight in a row democrat mayors and we've we've had the democrat governors that have let you down what do you have to lose it's other than your life which they are losing <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's an astonishing thing and i keep saying uh on our wonderful little show why don't we republicans have a platform and to my humble way of thinking safety that's the first item on our platform safety Safety for white people, safety for black people, safety for brown people, safety, safety for every kind of people, safety for men, safety for women, safety. That is the goal. Instead, what we have is a nonstop attack on the police, nonstop attack on anyone who wants to incarcerate criminals. And yet incarcerating criminals is an, an absolutely clear cut, unequivocal way of cutting down on crime. But the fight against it goes on endlessly. So during COVID, the, the Wolf administration uh, thought it was a good idea to release about a thousand convicts from prison, you know, because of the danger of COVID. Meanwhile, they, they assign our, our beautiful grandparents and parents to these homes to die because of a terrible policy, you know, unleashed in the plague there. And, and you're right, Ben, you know, I, I traveled the good chunk of the world, I'm sure as you have, and, and people, the basic thing in Afghanistan or, or elsewhere is people want to be secure. They want to be able to raise their families. Uh, generally, they want to be left the heck alone. Uh, but right now, the, the government in, in, at the state and federal level is so overbearing with taxation, with regulations, and now lawlessness. And so I agree, you know, law and order is, is central to what I'm campaigning on, obviously. And I don't care whether you live in, you know, Erie or Franklin County, where I am right now, Adams County or Philadelphia, you should be able to walk outside and enjoy your life without being, you know, looking over your shoulder. Someone's going to stab you or shoot you. Perfectly said. Absolutely yeah. said. Perfect. Yeah, per perfectly, perfectly said. Perfectly said. And, why, and why did it go away? Why did safety go away? Because the Democrats and uh, other people who are confused said 
telling people that they have the right to be safe is racist. Well, that's nonsense and sick. All this and is the Democrat terrorist unit. This is terrorism on our people. You're completely right. And I want to I, I, I thank God for President Trump for backing a candidate like you. Uh, I, I really do. It, it's it's uh, whatever he's he, Donald Trump is uh, the great conservative of our gen, of our generation. And I know we're running out of time, but the knock on Dr. Oz is that he's he, he's he's not a conservative. And uh, there were a lot of people that weren't conservatives, uh, Governor. Ronald Reagan being one of them. He was a Democrat. A lot of people do forget that. Uh, a lot of people forget that you can change. And he seems to have changed. And I pray that both of you become the next governor and senator of the great state. Amen. All right. Yeah, it's been an honor, gentlemen. And it's, it's truly been an honor. I want to thank Adam King for setting this whole thing up. The facilitator, Adam, you did amazing <laughs> yeoman's work. Uh, of course. I just want to say one thing to Senator Mastriano. When I first announced to some of my friends you were coming on the show, they all said the same exact thing, that this was the first person to stand up and be a man for our country. So hats off to you. You really are a special, special person. And I'm very honored to be here with you. And I have to say that second to Ben Stein, because he's 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 uh, he's been standing up for America for, for as, as well for a long time. And that's the honor to sit on this panel tonight with uh, two two true Amer two just heroic and i thank both of you uh i want to thank the listeners i want to thank the people that are going to be downloading this later on uh or and thank you for all the thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads from the bottom of our heart but also remember go to rumble subscribe and su subscribe to ben's email benstein.substack.com adam tell people where they could find you but also tell people where they could find uh, the governor to donate. Dougforgov.com. That's all you need to know. Dougforgov. Dougforgov. And of course, you could find Ben. Uh, he's got a new piece up at spectator.org. It's an absolutely brilliant piece. I get complimented on it, in it, like I often do, but for my astute political acumen. And uh, I am truly blessed. I could go on with this for God knows how long. You're such an amazing guest, and you're welcome back anytime you'd like. I want to thank the listeners, most importantly, just everybody. I want to, and, and there's one last thing I want to say. Everybody forgets one thing that this country is dealing with in a crisis. There's two things, our lack of faith in God and mental illness. And no matter what laws you try to pass sometimes, until we, until we get God and, and, and back in our lives, until we and deal with this mental illness crisis, and there is hope and there is help for people that are mentally ill. And just remember that. And uh, well I mean that from... I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And again, I want to thank everybody. Ben Stein, will you please take us out in only how Ben Stein knows how to do? Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains' majesties above the fruited plain. Not that good. America. America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. And God bless you, Senator, soon to be governor. God bless you all. God bless America and God bless the Ukraine. God bless the Ukraine.